Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Secrets of the Sire. We talk comics, movies, TV, pop culture every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc, and streaming live on Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire, Twitch.tv slash Secrets of the Sire, YouTube.com slash Secrets of the Sire. Are you getting a trend now? We're everywhere. Tonight's show, we are going to do Trailer Truth or Trash on the Dark Phoenix leaked trailer, which is actually debuting in the United States tonight. We are also going to be talking about fall TV preview. Should we watch it live? Should we binge it for later? Or should we delete it from our DVR? And we have Thomas Ian Nicholas from American Pie is going to be our featured interview. But as always, we are sponsored by Jolly Jane. Jolly Jane is the story of a paramedic uh, who is possessed by the spirit of a serial killer. It's on Kickstarter right now. Uh, Jeff Kaufman and I, um, we've known each other for a while now. He's a great writer. He's been doing a lot of great things. So go to Kickstarter, search Jolly Jane, or if you want, you can actually go to secretsofthesire.com slash Jolly Jane, and it will take you over there. Mr. Hassan Godwin, how are you doing, sir? Lord of the Radio. Ah, thank you. Ah, Thank you very much. I'm glad I'm the afterthought after all the the advertising hoopla. You, you are. Know? You absolutely are. Yeah. You, here's the ironic part. Yeah. You are the talent that brings in said advertising, but then the advertising takes control. Mm. So, mm. And, and, and your book, your your book gets advertised on top of everything, right? Well, that's top, that's gets introduced before I, even I do. Everything, right? Right. Got so, Dark Phoenix. Trailer mm. is coming out tonight. It's going to be on the Late Late Show. With um, so is that movie coming out in February? Yeah, mm. in uh, February. Yeah. Wow, that must be some trailer. So here we go. Um, <laughs> the movie was delayed until February 2019 mm. because because it sucks. <laughs> because test screenings <laughs> were very very negative. Yes, because it sucks. Cause it's another. That being said, it also had to accommodate the cast's collective schedule. It's another Fox X Men movie. And they're not good. <laughs> well, no, no, that's not true. Uh, I know you don't love X two, but X two was a, was a, was well received. X Men the first one was very well received as well too. X Men last how well they were received. Four they're Days of Futures Past, I thought was excellent. Right, I thought that was a solid movie, start no. to finish. No, I thought it was pretty solid. No, uh, and uh, First Class was pretty decent as well too. No, it wasn't. It was a pretty good no, movie. Terrible movie. They're not. No, 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 no. no. What's terrible your def- what's your definition of terrible movie? Oh, uh, bad story. And that's it. If, it. if there's a bad story, there's bad. what elements of first class was a bad story? Because we've done X2 to death, and it's an old one, and, and I don't even think our intern is old enough to have, seen, to have been alive when X2 came out the first time. So I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen first class, but I just didn't, I didn't think it was grandiose at all. I thought, it was, uh, I thought it was boring in a lot of points. I thought it was derivative. I thought the, the villain... I, I mean, if Kevin Bacon... You know, he's usually uh, yeah, a, a yeah. good bet, but I just didn't. I thought he was lackluster, and I just didn't enjoy it. I don't enjoy any of those movies. You know why? Because there's no, there's no payoff to the continuity. You could pay attention to continuity, 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 yeah, reboot, I mean, continuity, yeah, continuity, came, continuity, look, it came reboot. Look, during the era of we don't understand continuity because we're movie executives. And then it's like, Marvel, and, and then Kevin Feige comes in and does that. Yeah. I think they've done a, de- a decent job of repairing it as best they can. No, they didn't. They they destroyed it. They repaired it. Yeah. They absolutely repaired it with Days of Future Past. They fixed it. Right. And then they destroyed it again right. with Logan. Because then Logan comes along and says, oh, everybody died anyway. And then they well, rebooted. No, wait, that, wait, wait, that's an outcome. That doesn't destroy continuity. I mean, it, it basically just gives you, you, okay. it gives you the outcome your, to your, it. Your movie fixes the continuity from a broken movie previously, right? Yeah. From, from broken series previously. Right. The next movie you, you, you do shows the far end of everything you just fixed as ending in an apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, look, when I say fixed continuity, I mean that they fixed um, time holes, I guess is the best way to no, say it. No, they didn't. Uh, I, they... they didn't do it completely, but they did it enough, and they kind of did it enough where I'm like, you know, I knew they were... They still didn't. They never told you how Wolverine got his claws back. No, I know. We, you know, his adamantium look, was killing him in You can actually in, go into secretsofthesire.com and check out our entire X2 You, were, you asked me, right? No, 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 no. I'm, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm disagreeing with you. I think that... I think. Well, well yeah, okay, but you can't, like, trivialize my, agree, my argument. No, I don't trivialize it. While I agree with what you're saying, yes, there mm. are things that you could, you could spot and say, hey, this, they, hey, this, they, that. I think that they were kind of... They had this whole... Uh, insurmountable task of you know doing continuity after the fact. Ah, and I now think you're talking business and not art. 
Uh, it's you're true. arguing. You're arguing art with business. It's true. I, I, I don't, don't argue I don't, art with I business. Don't disagree. I don't. I don't care about whatever decisions they had to make. They were the ones who made those decisions in the first place, and they're the ones who had to try to clean up their own decision making. No, I agreed. I don't so. I look. I don't disagree with you on that. I, I, I am making excuses. I'm not. I'm not lying about that either. I am <laughs> making excuses, and I, and, I, and I fully own up to that. But that being said, hmm. you know, I also feel like, uh, given the task and given the. Um, the, sy- the the syndrome of Hollywood, they did a decent job. All right, well, let's talk about the trailer. I guess that discussion's over. Okay. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes, let's talk well, about the Well, you were leaked. wrong, and that's uh, as long as we've established that. Is that, that. Is that progress? Yeah. Uh, yeah I would say me. we agree to disagree. Huh? When, it, when in Rome. Right. I, we agree you're wrong. When in Rome. And you disagree that we agree with that, but we did agree. Agreed. All right. Yes, Dark Phoenix leaked. Thank you, Russia. Somebody in Russia with a little handheld, with a little video, with a little iPhone, they uh, they scooped a piece of Dark Phoenix, uh, the trailer. Every time I see a trailer, though, I just think back to Entourage season four uh, when it's Medi Ian and Eric sees the movie and he's like, "This is really bad." He's like, "Could you make a good trailer out of this?" And the guy's like, "Yeah." And he's like, we're going to get someone to buy this. And they do. And they get the, ironically, it was the Harvey Weingard mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> character who's like, I'll give you $25 million for it. <laughs> and Eric's like, take it. It gets all our money back. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. But he didn't want the movie to come out. I should ultimately. do an entire Entourage podcast, man. I, could, I loved that show up until a certain point, And then it went off the rails. And now it's like the like, like biggest punchline in, uh, in like Hollywood circles. But Their I, movie went off the rails. Did they do two movies? They did one just movie. Just one movie. And, and it the was, movie didn't even do well. Uh, yeah, no. After all yeah, that. Yeah, no. It, look, they, they, lost, they lost it when Turtle became a millionaire. All right. So anyway. I didn't even know that. They that cut happened. a really good trailer. And this is kind of what we learned uh, from it. There's little bits and pieces, obviously. You get to, you get to see Jean Grey as a kid. Mm-hmm. She, uh, she crashes her car when she's um, you know, with her parents, I guess it's what kills her parents and has her end up at the X-Mansion. So you're going to see a little bit of past in that. Mm. I, I'm going to cut in real quick, too. Sophie Turner, right? Like, all of a sudden, she went from, like, uh, the whiny sister on Game of Thrones to being, like, this Hollywood powerhouse, right? Like, isn't it amazing, like, her career trajectory? Yeah. I, I guess. I don't know. I did, she's done X-Men. Well, you were a big, you were a big uh, game. Of, no, but she's doing a whole bunch of other stuff now, too. Because yeah, but you too. haven't told me the other stuff that she's uh, doing. Yeah, I can't think of what it is off the top so of my head. So then I she's, can't. She's been in other things. <laughs> okay. Then, yes, Michael, I agree with you. That <laughs> is, is a, best that is a good reference. Yes. That is um, <laughs> um, here's. here's uh, oh, man. Jean Grey. Was never the Phoenix. I, I don't understand why um, why this is so hard. This is another yeah. reason why this sucks sucks rocks, man. Jean Grey was never the Phoenix, and you know I have yeah. arguments with people about that. Like people, like In of course she was. The I'm continuity. Like, they originally she was the Phoenix. Yeah, and then to bring and her back for it. X Factor doesn't number matter. one doesn't they matter. Said, oh, it turns out it was never Jean Grey. So okay, you're saying a continuity isn't continuity when we don't want it to be continuity. I'm merely, I'm merely telling you what the continuity was. So it, when you say a statement of Jean Grey was yes. never Phoenix. And if these movies had been made in between the time of the Dark Phoenix saga for X-Men right. and the first episode of first issue, excuse me, of X-Factor, sure. then that would be valid. Right. But since, <laughs> since these movies come out a solid 30 years after X-Force, X-Factor 1, it is in canon that Jean Grey was never the Dark Phoenix. In the comic book canon, I mean, you're saying it's that in canon. Yeah, yeah, comic book canon. It doesn't what is have to be what movie is X, X? I mean, movie. Ca- look, the way I look at the movies. Well, yeah, like but an ultimate, here's like here's an a problem. Right? Here's a problem with um, with this is Fox, right? Yeah, Fox. They got look at look what they did to Psylocke. I mean, look what they did to those characters. But now you're mixing business with. Story no, I'm talking too. about art. Look what they did to Psylocke. Look, no, I, look I agree. what Psylocke I became. Not very good. Look what Angel became. Look what all these characters became. Oh, of course. Became. No, very terrible. Okay, so, you know, again, how can these movies be anything but crap? Sorry. Well, you didn't bing, so it's, it's okay. You're okay. I'm well, sorry to be negative. I don't I apologize the... for the negativity. Because well, what I'm... do you guys think out there? I mean, you're on the Facebook feed. Don't ask them. Uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> they, they're liable they to get, tell us. They get no say in this. They're liable um, to tell us what they think. That's no, terrible. That's a terrible experience. I mean, look, 
I, I, me personally, I don't think every movie was bad. Uh, me personally, I think they were up against a big challenge of continuity, and they, they addressed it, uh, I think, as best as they were capable of doing without a, without a Kevin Feige to lead them. I think the bigger question... That's, that's business again. Which is a segue for, the, for what I just said, though. You know, what is the point of this movie at this point now? Disney's looming. This is what I'm talking you about. Like, like, listen, it doesn't fit the milieu of, of Disney at all. It doesn't... It doesn't it's just... It's just terrible. It's just terrible. <laughs> it's just. I'm sorry. I I I grew up reading X Men. That was my comic. I never read the Avengers. I never read any of this. I I am aware of all these other characters, and all these these other the, the nuances of all these other great um, franchises within yeah. the Marvel uh, universe um, because of these movies. And I've and I've gone back to not be a poser. I've gone back and I've read them. Yeah. In their in their original comic book yeah. form. But I was never an Avenger. I never read the Avengers. I never right. read Iron Man. I never. Um, I read the Hulk a couple of times, like uh, off and on. But I was an X Men fan. I read X Men. I, I read. We all were. I read I X Factor. I read uh, X Force. As farcical as it was, I was a New Mutants. I was as a huge bad New as Mutants this fan. Is for the show, I a hundred percent agree with you. X Men when we were growing up was king was yes. dominant i mean yes. it was like and to see them what they were doing with some of the films and i don't again for me it's for me, see, it's, for me with, it's all of them for me it started with last stand Ugh. i can you know i but again you gotta you gotta this is what i hate right i hate it when people um <laughs> use today's lens to kind of judge stuff that happened in the past i've seen this i've seen this on twitter i've seen this on you know social media oh, in general boy. like that what right? does that mean uh, it means that in 2000 when the movie came out you know the the only successful comic book movie we had was Blade. And even that, you know, was like, uh, we're not a comic book movie. We're a vampire movie. Like, they, were, they, they made it a point to, ch- to kind of, like, distance themselves from being a comic book movie. Mm. So, to me, my expectation level going into X-Men was at a point where just, just give me something watchable. Give me some moments that remind me of X-Men, mm. and, and I'll be happy with it. And they did that. And then X2 was like, that okay, was now you. you can blow... No, I, well, I, I am the one telling the story. Yeah. And then X2 comes out, and I say, okay, great. Now you can kind of take it to another level, and I thought they did. There are errors in terms of, okay, yeah, this didn't happen in the comics, and this didn't, but I mean... Well, are, what you're doing is you're basically comparing your, the, the way you're viewing them yes. with the way others view them. Yes. Because you just said that you hate that the people view them with the lens of today. But I'm telling you, mm-hmm. in 1999, I hated that movie. Yeah, I, I know. I and know. and I, got, yeah. I remember having a huge conversation with Brian Cunningham about it. And I was like, it was a terrible movie. And Brian Cunningham from, from Wizard, from Wizard uh, said... Now at DC. Yes, now at DC. He said, uh, yeah, but... It's comic books now. It's. It, I was so surprised that they got it right, and I'm like, right. it was. It was terrible. He was. You're just negative about everything. I was like, oh, fine. If you want to paint me with that, it's amazing how 20 years ago Brian Cunningham got the exact answer I was about to give you. Uh, All yeah. right. When sure. we come back, we'll continue this discussion, and then we will talk fall TV preview. Should we watch it live? Should we binge it later, or should we just delete it from our DVR? You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Did you know you've been playing poker your whole life, even if you've never played a hand of cards? Hi, I'm Ellen Lakend, author of Poker Woman and host of the new show, Poker Divas. On the show, I talk about how poker strategy helps you win in business, life, and love. Tune in live every Thursday, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi. I'm Noreen Sumter, The Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Who do you want to connect with? Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following? Welcome to our show. 
Follow Me Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're We're your digital connectors. connectors. Woo woo! (laughs) (laughs) Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We played a little clip from our interview with Art Alexicus from Everclear because we've debuted this week the Sire Spotlight podcast, which is on every Monday now. So we are going to be streaming live everywhere and going up on iTunes. We're going to pluck our best celebrity interviews, uh, like the interview with Art Alexicus from, uh, from Everclear. This past week we did Christy Romano. Uh, this coming week we'll do Thomasy and Nicholas again because he's live on this show tonight. Um, and just in case people want to get a replay. Uh, and then you're also going to get a whole bunch of stuff from the archives. Um, I write for AM New York, and I do a lot of interviews with a lot of talented musicians, uh, some actors as well, too, that we don't, it doesn't fit into the niche of what we're doing, but it's pretty effing cool that we got it on, 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 uh, on audio, and it's the full interviews. So a lot of times, too, we'll show you know, just the stuff that's relevant to us, like we did Billy Corgan, um, but we only kind of did the pop culture uh, reference there, you'll get the full thing. So every Monday, that's ironic. Check it out. That statement. It's ironic. Well, we, music <laughs> is. A, we we've 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 done this in the past mm-hmm. though, where we've we've <laughs> talked about music uh, yeah. and the audience. Just kind of, it's mm-hmm. like it's not the it's not the audience that we uh-huh. drive to. So uh-huh. this podcast gives us a chance to just kind of play with that and have mm. a good time. So All right. uh, so yeah, that was Art Alexicus from Everclear. Check us out, Sire Spotlight. Go to youtube.com slash secrets of the sire. You can go to the Facebook page as well too every Monday. All right, we were talking Dark Phoenix. And before we jump to our fall TV preview real quick, um, I guess I, I threw the question out there and, and this is kind of what we were talking about. We actually do- dove into this whole entourage conversation which we have to start bringing back um, you know, well, okay, Rob, Rob, Rob K and I yeah. got into this whole entourage. <laughs> it was it was excellent. And then you actually no, you ch- you chimed in. You chimed uh, a little, in. You but I never help. watched. I didn't really watch. I only said that the movie flopped, um, <laughs> which it did. the The whole idea of what is the point if Disney's looming? You know, it. Do you do you kind of just go to the movie and to just see X Men characters at this point? I don't know. I, I'm not going to go see it. Like, what's your box office? Well, you are, because we're going to review it in February. I'm going to pretend I saw it. Okay, done. Okay. <laughs> Shh, don't give away our secrets. <laughs> I'm just letting you know what's, <laughs> I mean, what the deal is. I am still not done with Daredevil Season 2, and we are going to talk Daredevil Season 3 <laughs> in like a matter of minutes oh, here. Well. So. <laughs> I, would, I would advise maybe... Is this thing on? Don't do that. Um, <laughs> I mean... It, do you go just to see X-Men characters on screen? Not you personally, but like in general. Does, is that, I guess so. Is that what it is now? I guess be, because, I don't know, it, it's proven which formula works for comics and which doesn't, right? Yeah. Okay, so Marvel's going strong 10 years. Uh, DC has imploded twice <laughs> in their, in their <laughs> attempts to do it. But to keep, because they keep, and I, and I don't mind some of the DC movies. I think yeah. some of them are, are halfway decent. But they keep trying to they keep trying to force this 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 rigid and here's business for art yeah. this rigid uh, formula yeah. that does not work I know. It hasn't worked hasn't worked I mean it it, it so blatantly failed yeah. with Green Lantern right and that's like the that's like the lowest point yeah. of of the you know well, that's not the lowest point of comic movies but that's the lowest most recent most contemporary point sure. of what we're trying not to avoid it's the template for which Marvel built. Uh, the MCU on like uh, we will avoid this. This yeah. is we will use this as a blueprint of what not to do. Okay, and then so DC Warner's just plowing right through with that, and so is uh, so is Sony with yeah. Spider Man, and now and and Fox. Fox had X Men. Yeah, Fox was ridiculous about this yeah. because they had X Men, and X Men, even though it's not as popular as it was when we were growing up, it's still a major 
book. Sure. It's one of the major Marvel books. Mm-hmm. And they had it they had it lock, stock, and barrel. So all they had to do was just start taking the character seriously and build some continuity. I, and they could have had something you, that could have rivaled do you ever get on a smaller feeling, though, scale. Do you ever get the feeling that like there's just like one guy, and it's usually a guy I would I'd imagine, who just like you know, he takes that giant leap and risk and bring in this movie and he's like the producer, he develops it and he brings it in and all, and all the rest of the, you know, uh, enigmatic Illuminati executives are just like, this will never work, this will never work. And then it works and it makes it like a bazillion dollars. Then he tries really hard in the second movie and then after that he's just like, nah, I did my thing now. Well, I'm good. He's just smoking his cigar. Ah, rah. And we're referring to that for whom? For which? I'm saying to, to, to corroborate your, hey, they had this opportunity and they didn't do what Kevin Feige does because Kevin Feige is an actual person front and center who is is I mean he's essentially putting it on his shoulders every single time a Marvel movie comes out right I mean he's the guy you're going to blame if but he's not in the forefront he is in the forefront I mean he's the one up there he's at Comic Con speaking he's, he's the one that that's gonna that's gonna get the uh, I mean even like things nah, like see the thing is see I, what I think Marvel did is I think Marvel made the put the characters in the forefront I think you go to I think they 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 put Captain America and 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 Iron Man in the forefront of these movies. But let's say like, Iron Man two, right? Because I, I, would we agree that's the worst of the Iron Man franchises? No. Iron Man three? No. Uh, Iron Man? No. Okay, we got no other Iron Man movies. I'm talking. I, about I don't think on. any of the Iron Mans are bad. <laughs> really? Not even two? With they're the, not with that the, great. They're right, not okay. as great as the first one. So, but no, but not that's bad. my ass. We, we, uh, my, my, my question was not, are, is, is there a bad Iron Man? It was, who, which one is the worst one of the bunch? Two. Of, right. You said of the Marvel movies. No, no, Iron Man franchises. I said Iron Man franchises. Uh, Sorry. Sorry if you misheard. Yeah. <laughs> you misrepresented. Um, Iron Man 2, right? Would we, would we agree Iron Man 2 is the worst or Iron Man 3 out of the, out of the bunch? If you had to pick one, gun Maybe to your head. Two. Right. Maybe two. Two was, again, uh, in terms of just mass critical appeal, was the lowest rated one, was not quite there. Um, no one's going to sit there and be like, wow, Robert Downey Jr. really messed that up. Um, you know, if Iron Man 2, let's pretend, hypothetically, it started a series of, boy, this is really failing. Is Robert Downey Jr., is Iron Man getting the flack of it? Or is it that, oh, man, Kevin Feige, man, that guy doesn't know what he's doing anymore, or he blew it. You know that's, what I mean? That's not what I mean. I'm just saying in a, as a selling point, as a, as, a, in a, as a standpoint of instead of it being studios, yeah, maybe it's the Marvel Studios, but Marvel Studios is the Marvel characters. They use the Marvel characters to sell the Marvel movies. Right. They didn't have Kevin Feige as this, you know, this Elon Musk of comic book movies to, to constantly promote the movies. He was in the behind the scenes. So whenever you go to a convention or you'd see a behind mm-hmm. the scenes segment, you would see him talking about the stuff, but he didn't push himself as the, oh, all right. yeah, yeah, the, no, no, the, no. the premiere. Right. Yeah, he's not MC. the reason you go see these movies. Right. But, but he the, is the reason you have faith in them. The problem is that Fox and Sony and Warner's at the forefront of their 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 prospective franchises, so it's the Fox brand of comic book. Instead of instead of X Men pushing Wolverine and uh, uh, Cyclops and and Jean Grey, I mean they actually they the the closest they came that they pushed Wolverine. They picked one guy out of right. the entire bunch. And they pushed all the they pushed Wolverine as human as much as humanly possible. They didn't bother to develop any of those characters. You see how the Wolverine movies they went from that horrible first movie right to a halfway decent second movie with the, the the Wolverine to Logan, right? Yeah. Because they were pushing that character. If if Fox had bothered to develop any of the other characters in the X-Men franchise, they would have had a ton of movies. Of course. They could have used. Of course. That's what Marvel did. Because they had a Kevin Feige, though. I mean, he is... I mean, he is the guy pulling the strings behind the scenes. He is the guy that had the vision. I mean, to deny that doesn't make any sense. I'm not denying that. I'm saying you don't need a Kevin Feige. You just have to follow the formula. The formula is let's develop these characters. Right. That's a formula Kevin Feige developed after the fact. I I think that's really what my point is. All right. Dark Phoenix, truth or trash? I think we're both going to say trash. Sure. All right, because we are very excited. I'm excited for this next segment. I really am. This was a, this is a, 
It's our fall TV preview. It's our DVR challenge. I want to know out of the returning comic books, you know, movies. Which, by the way, last week we never announced the winner of our DC uh, Marvel Slugfest. Sorry, not not Marvel. Our DC uh, CW Slugfest, uh, which was um, anyway. So the. <laughs> <laughs> the, the returning shows, I want to know, Hassan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to blare out a few, and you're going to tell me, should we binge it, should we watch it live, or should we just delete it from our DVR? All right? This is what I want to know, okay? Um, we're going to start with the king of all of the, uh, king of them all, right? King of them all has got to be Walking Dead Season 9 returning. Uh, are we going are, are to watch it live? Are we going to binge it? Are we just going to say, what's a good zombie um, metaphor for this? Obliterate? Are we going to blow to a head? No, that's, that's, that's a whole other thing, isn't it now? What do you got for me? What, what do you think my answer would be <laughs> for The Walking Dead? You're just, you're just negative about everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think we talked about this. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm on record ad nauseum about The Walking Dead to the point where I think it's well known what my attitude about The Walking <laughs> but Dead But we're always, we're always uh, um, getting new viewers and new uh, listeners. They can go back and listen. That'll be good advertising time. for previous episodes. Look at you go. I mm. love it. I mm. love it. Feed the machine, my mm. man. Feed the machine. That's how we're going to eat. All right. <laughs> I think uh, if you did go and look at other previous episodes, you would, you would understand that a lot of people, including Hassan, were extremely turned off. Mostly by Hassan. Mostly Hassan. <laughs> Well, I'm the, the leader of that. Well, we look, I still have I, fan club. No. Full disclosure, pull the curtain back. I still have two episodes from last season. I know what happens at the end, um, but my, my dad and I, we, we're fighting through. We are, we are I am struggling so, through it, but we're going to get through it. I am it. so proud. I have no clue what happened. I saw one episode, I think, uh, from that last season, which was a semi-important episode that one of the major characters died. Yes. And... Um, I was I didn't know what I had no idea what episodes came before that and I didn't know when any when any episodes were coming after that. Yeah. And I was like this is just as incoherently stupid as it's always been. Yeah. And I'm glad I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not invested. Yeah. It's such a it's such a shame too because you talk about how like they had, you know, they were the king they, I think all shows though, no I, matter you know what, what I, right? I bought it. I bought into it. I like I enjoyed the show, but the, eventually the show started taking on this like kind of godlike status that I didn't think I didn't see it. You know, it goes, "Oh, it's a good show." You know? But I didn't see like, "Okay, why is this why are people talking about this <laughs> like this is the answer to you know to a lot of burning like social questions that that, that plague us on a regular basis i i didn't understand that it's a, it well because it answers all the plaguing questions. it doesn't it was gore it was horror gore it was it was movie quality it was cinema cinematic horror gore on primetime television that's 90 percent of what it was and then it was like murder porn <laughs> because I mean, it's like, who? Which one of your characters will be murdered this week? Heinously. Very, well, one of which one of your favorite characters? You know, it, well, it's ironic because Robert Kirkman has a new show called Die Die Die. I'm not even joking. That's not an actual joke. That is the name of the show. Good for him. Yeah. Oh, um, wishing him the best. But no, like I, I agree with you. But I think there was there was an element of fun to that, where it's like, sure, you know, what creative? There's an ways. element of fun to who's going to get murdered. I you know, I forget uh, what is it, Noah's you. character in season five when he got trapped b- between the revolving doors and he gets torn to bits. And it was like, that was kind of like, I know it's gruesome. I know it's, I agree with you. It's murder porn in that sense, but it was fun. Like it was actually like That's a fun. That's fun. You consider that fun. Okay. That says it. 19 million viewers can't be wrong. Sure they can. <laughs> sure they can. But no, I'm just saying that like it was it was cool. But then when they took it to that next level with Negan and Glenn and Abraham dying, I think I agree with you. I think everyone got kind of teed off at it. So season nine is supposed it, to be though a reboot, a re- you know, not a reboot like they're starting over, but like and then they're getting rid of Rick. Yeah, Rick. Is, Rick is actually, uh, and we'll save his story for Spin the Racks. But uh, Rick is gonna be back, just not the way you think. Is he? Is he he's already gone, or this uh, is his last. This season? This is his last season. Yeah, whatever. You know, here's here's the one thing I'll talk about with that. 
I'm curious as to whether or not he is going to die or just be written off so that he could come back in some way, shape, or form. I mean, the, the past track record suggests he is going to die. More power to that curiosity. I don't have it. All right. <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on to, a, to one we haven't done yet at all. Mm. Uh, Daredevil Season 3 is coming. Now, I know it's a binge show. Obviously, it's a binge show. So in the Netflix variety, let's, let's classify it you this You can't way. really watch Netflix shows live. They all, it's all binge. No, 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 but that, that's what I'm getting at here. For the, for the purposes of this exercise that we are doing, uh, let's say, do you have to watch, are you going to watch it in the first week, or is it something that you're okay if a month later you kind of trickle over to all 13 episodes and eventually finish? No, I'll watch it in the first week. You'll watch it in the first Daredevil, week? yeah. I think it is, too. I think it's the most watchable out of all those shows, right? I don't know about whether it's the most watchable of all those shows. I'm just, I'm just responding for me. Yeah. I don't know. Um, well, I'm asking how you, many what people, do you think? I, I, think it's, I think it's bull that it's taken three years to get another season. Has it been three? Well, it's Defenders. Been, it's been at least two years. Defenders it's, counts, right? Huh? It's definitely no. It's definitely been. Um, it, it, it has to the, be less they were than two on, years. They were on their second season when the first season of Jessica Jones came out. And Jessica so Jones. So it's 2016. So two years, and then you have Defenders in between, which is Daredevil also. Yeah. So, you, so you, that's you two have, years per season. That's ridiculous for 13 episodes. Stop uh, it. All right. Stop it. All right. They need to get that. They need to be better with that because a lot of the times it's like it's a lot of it's a lot of weight for strangely drawn out continuity to the point where they they have one good hook yeah they dr- they drag it out for 13 episodes and by the by the 12th episode you're like this could have been wrapped up like you know, you, know. you know what's the funniest thing i am such a rarity here that um because i'm in the the comic book and pop culture business here for a living um my one complaint with a lot of these shows I, I love Jessica Jones season one. Like I'm, I'm getting through that and I love it. The parts that I hate are when they reference to the fact that she has superpowers and she's part of this like superhero universe. Like at that point, I'm like, it, it actually loses. Like when she has like the marathon session with Luke Cage, um, when she like lifts the car up, like things like that. And I'm like, it, it actually detracts for me personally uh, from the series, which makes me an oddball completely. So Especially that, does that mean you're going to delete Daredevil? No, Daredevil's the one, that's what I'm saying, it's the one show where I, I dive hook, line, and sinker into the fact that he is a superhero, dressed up in a superhero costume, fighting crime, which is ridiculous, especially in Hell's Kitchen, because Hell's Kitchen's been cleaned up. All right, when so, we come back... All right, I guess that's done. When we come back, we're going we're gonna to paint, we're going to do one more show, um, which is one that we both haven't seen, but I want to get your opinion as to whether or not we should. I think, we may, I think it might be time we do when we come back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. Are you feeling unhappy with your body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth Tripp, your host of Nourish the Soul. Join me to uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to living a healthy life. Join us every Wednesday at my new time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio. 24 hours a day. We uh, talk comics, movies, TV, pop culture, all the stuff that you love, and we do it right stuff here. Stuff that makes the girls run away. Oh, well, clearly. <laughs> no, no, no. This, that is completely stuff false. Stuff that makes the girls That leave. is completely, completely false. I recommended false. Secrets of the Sire on my show, and I got less uh, female <laughs> listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Secrets of the Sire. 
Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. I'm going to do a little paid promotion. Go check out Jolly Jane. Secretsofthesire.com slash Jolly Jane. Uh, it's the story of a paramedic possessed by the spirit of a serial killer. they got to live together. Uh, it's, it's an awesome book. It's from a horror genius. Uh, Jeff Kaufman does a lot of great stuff with Big City Comics. Go check them out. Um, again, you can go search on Kickstarter for Jolly Jane. Uh, we have the link up there right now. Or, again, you can just go to secretsofthesire.com slash Jolly Jane, and it will take you to a page that will link you to the Kickstarter as well. A little um, non-paid promotion, though. Uh, I, I'm, I'm one of a host of people who are testing an app out, and it's for micro-podcasts. And I think we should just do a Secrets of the Sire drop podcast where we just show we just play all our drops in micro podcasts 10 seconds or less that's what these that's what this whole app is is 10 second or less podcast it's crazy uh we were actually just talking backstage our our, our uh, uh producer tonight is rob k uh who's of the talking alternative family and he was saying he he watched one episode of walking dead and it was the one episode where glenn and abraham get killed and and you're out you're out at that point so i mean of all of all the episodes the most the most murder porn of the I murder mean, of porn all so. the episodes to watch it is the one that literally put it on a downward trajectory and good and it deserves it because i mean <laughs> you know what no it, i think i think it was obnoxious to do that yeah i think that was blatant blatant yeah. um uh a sensational over sensationalism of the gore yeah and and you know and they deserved it they did because this is this is the, this is the same theme from the x-men and uh, marvel you have these characters you lead with your characters these characters transcend the, the medium and they become household names and then you mistreat those characters you pay for it yeah just like uh, luke skywalker yeah is yeah. you know and marvel kind of respects these characters so these characters carry the, the, the franchise through. So it either, even weathers not so great moments such as Iron Man 2 or Thor 2, the Dark World, which is, my, in my opinion, the low point of the MCU. <laughs> Very well said. I disagree with you completely. All right. A show we're doing uh, watch, binge, or delete. It's our DVR. means I'm more right. It's our DVR <laughs> challenge. Uh, my last show on my list, because we did the DC shows last week, so we, we, we kind of went ad nauseum with that. Uh, this new show, Manifest, by the way, at NBC. I caught the pilot. Um, I actually stayed up till midnight watching it last night, which was a mistake, because my kid got me up at 5.30. But... Uh, that that's got some promise and it's got like a lost esque kind of feel, but we'll we'll, hmm. we'll wait and see what what we feel about that. Hmm. Riverdale. Do you watch Riverdale? Nope. I don't watch Riverdale either, but I read all about it. We had a Riverdale expert on last year, and the more and more I read it, the more and more like I kind of want to watch it. Like it's kind of kind of off the rails a little bit. Um, they actually even introduce like the Black Hood uh, in season two, which is like a. Uh, I mean, I guess he exists in the Archie universe and like the new Archie universe. Like, like they ba- so first of all, it's a it's a former comic book writer, Robert. Um, oh, f- I, I, it was I, I'm gonna I'm gonna acquire. I know I'm gonna make I'm gonna butcher his name, uh, Roberto Aguire. Uh, see, I did it. That was good. Um, and he uh, so he's the showrunner on it, mm. and he also is like again he comes from comic books, so it's kind of cool. He runs it. And they just kind of like throw everything in, like a, it's like a melting pot of just all these things, like murder mystery, Twin Peaks, uh, you know, Black Hood serial killers, and it's Archie, you know. So it's kind of like you know, Josie and the Pussycats, you know, they they like they kind of have Are the all Josie these... and the Pussycats on. Uh, yeah, they're on Riverdale. Yeah, it's crazy. Do like, they go into outer space every now and then? You know, why not? Maybe they will. Maybe they will. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually Dang say <laughs> this is a this is a show. And I want to hear from you guys if there's any Riverdale fans out there. Tell me why. But this is a show. Like I think I think I'm going to start binging. I, I I'm going to go check it on Netflix. What All do you right. think? Delete it. No, I don't know anything about it. So I mean, it just it hasn't piqued any of my interests. Yeah. But if you know, if it's a good show, if it turns into a good show, or if it turns out to be a good show, you'll tell me. You'll let me know, and then I'll I'll decide to binge it. Clearly, I was correct. Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. Yeah, that's, I was so you, close. You got that perfectly. I was so, so close with that. Wow. So close. All right. Uh, very excited to welcome our next guest. Uh, he's been on the show before, um, but it is uh, Thomas Ian Nicholas from American Pie. I got to interview him at Wizard World Chicago 
Wizworld, thank you so much again for hooking me up with a lot of great celebrity guests. Uh, we got um, another surprise celebrity guest coming on next week uh, from Vampire Diaries. Going to be exciting with that too. Uh, but Thomas, That's not Ian, a surprise anymore. Well. He's somebody. See, I'm teasing. It's all about the teasing. Uh, <laughs> Thomasy and Nicholas uh, with co-author Lainey Sarum. Uh, they have a young adult um, fantasy novel out right now, um, which, is, which is just fantastic. He also talked about the American Pie reunion. So uh, without further ado, Thomasy and Nicholas. This is Michael Dolce of Secrets of the Sire here at Wizard World Chicago with Thomas Ian Nicholas and Lainey Sarum. Uh, the author of Handbook for Mortals. Thomas, you were on our show last year. Um, Handbook for Mortals hadn't even been released yet. Give us an update. Give our audience an update. How's it gone? How's the reception gone? How's the book going in general? Uh, well, the book is uh, being very well received. We've even had uh, people showing up. So so we'll do book signings in cities uh, at Barnes & Noble or, um, or local bookstores. Someone will come buy the book on a Wednesday, and by the time we get to the convention, they'll be halfway through the book and come dressed as the main character, Zaid. So we've had some cosplay. So like I said, it's being very well received. Um, and we, uh, we have some very important meetings coming up when we get back to Los Angeles. There's not really too much I can divulge. Uh, uh, so, you know, oh, you know, you can't really put the carriage in front of the horse. So we... we we have some strong interest from some very uh, substantial companies and, and, and actors. And once we lock those into place, uh, if everything moves the way that we're, we're hoping it will, we could be making some very big announcements soon. Lainey, give, give the elevator pitch for the book for our audience. So it's about a young woman that moves to Las Vegas to work for a magic show, but she can do real magic. Um, it was 34 on the USA Today bestseller list when it came out. And just like Harry Potter, it's okay for all ages. So I'll have a lot of adult fans read it and love it, but it's also appropriate for kids. And I've had those as young as eight read it, probably with some help on a few of the words, but and uh, as old as 90. I've had a 90-year-old fan that came to one of my book signings. And it was really cool because she was so excited. I was the first author she'd ever met in 90 years. So, How did you, uh, how did you guys come together with the project and everything? Um, we were working on a musical project a few years ago, and I had written the script, and I hadn't really shown it to anyone yet. <laughs> a musical project? <laughs> like, why is it that you can't tell this part of the story? We were doing a music project together. A musical sounds like we're doing something for Broadway. Um, as you notice, Tom loves to give me a hard time. We were working on a... She can write. She just can't speak. It's okay. It's the sign of a good partnership. Don't worry. <laughs> We were working on an album, actually, if you want to get technical. Um, he did a song for this album that I executive produced um, with some other acts on it. Um, and uh, I had written the script. I hadn't really shown it to anyone yet. Um, and I just thought, you know, wouldn't he be a great person to have it? to read it and you know because obviously of his background and and he'd been acting and you know producing in his own movies and I was just like I'd love your honest opinion about it and maybe one day I could cast you in it and I kind of laughed and then um he read it and he loved it and he came back with some notes and uh, I liked all his notes but one and he was like if you like you know you know if you're kind of getting you know vibing with what I'm saying about some of this stuff maybe we can work on it together and I was like, that sounds great. So uh, I adapted all his notes. So while he didn't write any of the book, he helped develop the story that became the book. And at the, uh, not too long after that, I had a small book publisher read it and convince me to turn it into a book. And so uh, now here we are. It's fantastic. Thomas, I got to say, you have hit the Comic-Con circuit the last, I mean, almost two years now. I mean, two seasons at least anyway of Comic-Cons. And you do it. I mean, I'm a comic book creator myself. I know how it is to grind at these things and to see someone at your level, you know, really take this grassroots. I mean, I got to say, I'm really impressed. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, we started on the circuit, I would say, uh, last, like, April, I think, was when we really started hitting the ground running with the pre-sales for the book. Um, prior to that, I'd only done a handful of Comic-Cons, and it just was something that... I, I experienced for the first time. My first Comic-Con was Wales uh, in uh, 2012, right around the release of American Reunion. And that was where I, w I saw like the shift of Comic-Cons kind of opening up, I think, a little bit more to pop culture. 
and and obviously still servicing, you know, the comic books and and superheroes. But I I remember when I first got offered to go, I was like, um, I'm not in a superhero movie. I'm not in a Marvel thing or a DC comic. I'm, you know, I'm not in a fantasy. Like, I mean, obviously. The closest thing I've got to fantasy is having a 100-mile-an-hour fastball arm or falling through time, uh, you know, so both of which are, are... A kid in King Arthur's Court is pretty fantasy. You go to the medieval times. Yes, I, I, I included that in there in my fantasy thing. It's also fantastical to have a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. That is a kid's fantasy. Both are fantastical, but they don't necessarily delve into the fantasy realm of Comic-Con, like at least where Comic-Con was maybe 10 years ago. Um, so yeah, but the, really the the, uh, the hit in the ground on, on doing every one came with the idea of taking Lan- of Lanny taking her screenplay, adapting it into a book so that we could introduce it to the audience. We realized that the audience for that type of fantasy story was here and we could nurture and, and sort of plant the seeds of generating an audience before the film is made. It's fantastic, too. It's a great strategy, and, and it's one, you know, obviously, you know, in this world, you know, producer, you know, production companies want this following behind it, and it's great that you were able to kind of tap in because it's very relatable and it's very related to what we have here, too. Well, I think the idea is most of what we see here is people celebrating that which has already been released. So we're uh, forging forward and trying to do that in a, a reverse engineering sort of mode. And absolutely. And it's, it's, like I said, very impressive to see you really, you know, putting the, the work in. You know, it's amazing. So um, last question, American Pie, 20-year anniversary coming up next year. What do you guys have planned for that? There have been a lot of rumblings about the development of American Pie 5. Um, I, I mean, they, they've kind of been in existence since we did American Reunion. And uh, I know that John and Hayden have a, a concept for a sequel. Uh, I mistakenly thought the script had already been written and commissioned by Universal right after we had done that based upon some of the conversations that I had with executives. Um, and I recently was quoted in an article saying that I apparently was wrong. Uh, so I, I, I read... I retract my... Well, they didn't like reach out. I reached out to John and Hayden because I had heard that developments were farther along. And I said, oh, hey, is there something more happening that I don't know about? And they said no. And then they actually clarified that the script hadn't been written yet. Uh, at least I, I thought it had been sitting on a shelf for five years at Universal. Uh, eh, wrong. I was wrong. I apologize. I'm retracting my statement. But that doesn't make it any less viable that it could be you know, a possibility. And... With Adam Herz's original sort of concept that teen comedies have a 20-year cycle, now it's the 20-year anniversary of the first American Pie. Hey, who knows? Anything's possible. Once again, thank you so much. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Best designs for your life start at home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and host of At Home. Listen live Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as we talk to the very best professionals about interior design and the design that's all around us right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you feeling unhappy with your body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth Tripp, your host of Nourish the Soul. Join me to uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to living a healthy life. 
Join us every Wednesday at my new time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com Had a ticket bought for me by, oh, okay, okay. An, by an enthusiastic friend. No. Did you know that that friend now asked me to go? So does that mean I don't have a ticket anymore? This is correct. This is correct. I actually passed it on to Sam. So now Sam so is going, going with your friend. With my friend. To the show. Well, now I have a lot to say about this. <laughs> and none of it's good. Secrets of the Sire. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We talk comics, movies, TV, pop culture every Wednesday night, 8 they know that. Eastern. Uh, I want to do a little shameless self-plugging. Again. Mainstream number five is in stores <laughs> right now. Check it out. Local comic book stores. There are people on this earth that do not belong. It's up to a Chicago cop and an interdimensional police force to send them back where they belong. I don't belong in this earth. And <laughs> at New York Comic Con next week, if you are attending, go to booth 1166. Myself and James Massia will be on, uh, you know, on hand. And we will be uh, doing a show special. You can buy issues one through five, uh, which would cost you 25 bucks. You could buy for 20 And you'll be able to get The Sire Volume 2 trade paperback, which, we also, which is just out. I mean, fresh off the, fresh off the boat. Um, off the boat. Yeah, I think it, it comes from like overseas. We printed it. No, we don't. We actually printed uh, it in uh, nice, Michigan. Nice try to save. <laughs> and, and I, I got to give a... Uh, it's I gotta give, off the boat. Well, it's supposed to be. I, it was supposed it's to be a... It's a Mexican a, book. It's right <laughs> off the boat. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> I got to give Greco Printing um, a big shout out, though. They're doing a great job with that. Um, and we'll have a deal for Volume 1 and 2 as well, too. So booth 1166. 1166. All right. 1166. We do this every week. We go spinning the racks, bringing you the most fantastic. Uh, we have a we have like a sad one actually. Uh, rest in peace, Norm Brayfogle. Uh, it just came across the wire. Um, that's he was a, he's an iconic Batman artist from the eighties. Uh, he served. Him. I first uh, I first heard his name in uh, Marvel. He was part of the. Uh, he was part of the, the kind of a rebirth. Yeah. At uh, at, yeah. at Valiant. Yeah. Um, and he was he was doing the Eternal Warrior. That's the first time I ever heard his name. He was also Malibu him. Comics. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget the superhero name. He was a name. big deal there. Yeah. He was doing. He was. Yeah. Do, he was um. Oh wow. And was yeah. he, was he cross gen also? It was um. Yes. Prime. 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 Remember I, Prime? I, yes. Yeah, I know. And uh, yeah, because I always loved that. I was I was always mad at him for. That really simple one-word title, that that kind of really—I was going to even say just say simple yet powerful artwork. His line, his work, artwork was fantastic. I was amazing. I was going to get into that, but I mean his yeah. his the prime in and of itself was just like just really great one-word title with a lot of power behind it, and then the, the then his art, you know, and the book in itself was was really good. That was, that was sadly was around the time everyone was kind of floundering. Yeah. Because the original formula kind of had in comic books kind of fell out, yeah. and everybody was trying to find the the the, ne- the new niche to build mm-hmm. the entire new uh, industry off of. Mm-hmm. But he was a, he was a big proponent of that. That's uh, yeah, that's he was a sad story. He was something else. So uh, details are obviously uh, private right now, but uh, our our thoughts and prayers uh, go out with uh, Norm and his family. Um, Birds of Prey, they have a cast. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Is the Huntress, and uh, Journey Smollett Bell is Black Canary. So uh, the big this news is for DC on uh, yeah on that. DC Remember we EU? had Margot Robbie on, uh, not on our show, but we is this a movie? It. Yeah, or is it a TV yeah. show? No, no, no. Birds okay. of Prey. Well, I'm just saying movie. to clarify for the people who are listening. Let's get into that. We had uh, clips from Margot Robbie, uh, Robbie, Robbie. I always think it was Robbie, but it, it could be Robbie. Uh, she was talking about the Birds of Prey movie mm-hmm. that she will be that in with Harley. Harley Quinn. Uh, and she talked about diversifying the cast. And so Journey Smollett-Bell, who is from uh, A Wrinkle in Time, is going to play what is typically cast as the 
blonde-haired, blue-eyed Black Canary. So it's interesting to see what the yes. reaction will be online. It won't be. It won't be interesting. <laughs> it won't be interesting? No, there will be Is nothing. it predictable? Yes. It will be exactly what we think it is. You know, once again, I kind of, when I, when I, Talk about any of this stuff. Um, the term is is the race swapping term. That's what they actually use uh, to define to, to to call it. I don't know who who coined that phrase, but that is the phrase that kind of goes about. Sure, so another I'm really pretty passing that along term. Uh, I always view these movies, and we talked about it earlier. We talked about Dark Phoenix as kind of like the ultimate universe. Uh, so if they're going to cast somebody, they're going to cast somebody. I mean, it just like to me, I'm I'm not well, like that's a that's a semi enlightened point of view that unfortunately a lot of people don't share. Everything those, I do so. is semi. <laughs> that's the best way to put it. Uh, we talked really briefly earlier that we're done with that about subject. Walking Dead. Uh, we're not going to get not kicked off the air this week. Uh, Andrew Lincoln could be returning to Walking Dead to direct, according to EW. Uh, he made headlines when he was leaving the show, but surprise, surprise, it turns out he'll be back for season 10 after all. Who Just cares? Not <laughs> he will be... Shadowing a director in season nine. Don't care. And he's Couldn't going possibly to care more. Direct next <laughs> year. <laughs> All right. God, get rid of that guy. Get rid of that show. That show, I hope, hopefully, will drop. <laughs> as, as Rick leaves, the show will go. Next. Why wouldn't you, if you were on a show for, excuse me, if you were on a show for nine years, wouldn't you just go for 10? Why be why why end on an odd number? He's got two young kids at home. Can't I don't divide know. an odd number. I don't why know. would you do that? Duchovny also did nine too. Remember that? Remember he but he came out. back. He, well, no, he well yeah, like twenty years later when he had Doesn't no matter, career. He came back next week. <laughs> he had no career. We have a we have a packed studio. We got Tony Moy, artist in the mainstream, is going to join us in studio, and uh, his painting is unbelievable. His watercolors are unbelievable. Uh, we've got David Alden from Vampire Diaries going to be on next week, and we're previewing New York Comic Con. So join us next week. Governor's House is next. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hi, are you interested in blockchain technologies and cryptocurrencies? Then tune in here on Talk Radio. NYC with me, David, every Friday, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Time, as we answer your questions and interview great guests live on internet radio on Building the Blockchain, where you can catch the blockchain revolution. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc.
You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 